0: Welcome to episode 19 of season 2 of The Search with Canda podcast. My name is Jack Chambers and I am your host for this week. I am joined by a fantastic special guest, Mr. Andy Chadwick, who is co-founder of Snippet Digital, a very well-regarded SEO consultancy, and Keyword Insights, one of the hottest keyword tools on the market today. Search for Canada is supported by Systrix, the SEO's toolbox. Go to systrix.com swc if you want to check out some of the fantastic free tools such as their Instagram hashtag generator, Google update tracker, page speed comparison and tracking of your site's visibility index. That's systrix.com swc for free SEO tools, systrix.com trends to sign up for the trend watch newsletter. I'll actually be talking about the latest sector watch later on in the show. So without further ado here is my conversation with andy chadwick and welcome to the show my special guest for this week andy chadwick how are you sir
1: hello yeah good thank you good how are you doing
0: all right thank you yeah we're, we're let into the behind the curtain here listeners we're recording this late on a monday so apologies if the energy levels aren't quite at my usual levels (laughs) but we will do our best on a monday afternoon for you fine listeners so andy for those of you out there in listener world who don't know who you are first of all shame on them (laughs) second of all tell us a little bit about yourself
1: yeah so uh i'm andy uh i co-own or co that's the word isn't it co-own co-have A small agency with my business partner, Saganthan. Uh, So that's an SEO agency called Snippet, but it's called Snippet Digital Consulting now um, for, it used to be just called Snippet Digital, but there's a reason if you're interested, we can get into it. Uh, And we also own a company that is called Snippet Digital. So there's Snippet Consulting and Snippet Digital which now are two separate companies. Uh, and Slippit Digital owns uh, a, a suite of SEO tools, of which the main one that we're known for is Keyword Insights, which is our, our SaaS SEO tool um, where you can sign up and, and use it there. So yeah, co own that with Slippit uh, with Saganthan Agency and uh, SEO tools to summarize all that.
0: Fantastic. So that I guess that is like the legal distinction there of consulting being the agency and digital being the the tool side of things. I know Mark working with also Ask has a similar kind of thing of differentiating between us as candor the agency and also ask the the tool and that kind of thing as well. So I think that's not unusual in the industry for sure. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's because we've, I mean,
1: people know us for keyword insights. I see any public facing tool, but we've actually got quite a few SEO tools. And Before they were all owned by the agency, and uh, we realized we needed to separate the two, uh, because a lot of them are licensed actually now by other agencies as well. So Snippet Digital is the overarching company that that owns all the tools. So yeah, that's that's where that comes in.
0: Well, we've touched on Keyword Insights there. Let's let's dive in a little bit in more detail for the listeners who don't know what Keyword Insights is. What is Keyword Insights? Let's start at the top level, and then we'll start drilling down into more details about Keyword Insights and how it works.
1: Yeah, so you've got these tools uh, like Ahrefs and SEMrush, uh, which exist to pull loads and loads of data, loads of keywords at once. And then at the, end of the, end, the other end of the scale, you've got these tools like ClearScope and I can't remember the other one, Content Harmony, Use Topic. And these help you basically make really detailed articles and blogs. And what we struggled with as, as, a, as our agency or our consultancy was actually turning that list of hundreds of thousands or thousands of keywords into those articles. It was a big process uh, in between that. We found things, there's loads of problems. So say I've got a list, let's say of 10,000 keywords. First of all, I didn't know when to break something up. Like what, what could we focus on one article and what did we need to break into two? Um, and conversely the other way around actually, sometimes because keyword insights also allows you to pull in your existing ranks. Sometimes you're thinking, oh, I've got two articles. Should I merge them or should I even break it up even further? So, what Keyword Insights allowed us to do was, yeah, plug loads of keywords into a huge data dump into it, and it would, what we call, clusters the keywords, uh, is its first main task. So, what that means is we we analyze the search results and we look at how many keywords should be targeted on one page. So, do all these keywords have enough ranking URLs in common that we can group them together and target them all in one, or should we separate them? Like a good example, actually, uh, I'll use an example there. Is we recently did this for a vape client, and most vape clients, most vape sites, vaping sites have two different. Oh, they've got they've got a page called vaporizer parts and accessories. You know, they're trying to target both of those on the same page because vape parts and accessories surely mean the same thing, right? Well, if you put through all the keywords to do with vape accessories and all the keywords to do with vape parts through Keyword Insights, it would show you actually these are in two different what we call clusters. And that means if you wanted to target both those terms, you really need two different pages. You can't target them both on one page. Um, And you see some really interesting results. Sometimes you get keywords that you wouldn't have thought you could target on one page that you now can. Um, And sometimes you get completely the opposite, uh, where you think, oh, surely these two must have been on the same page, and now they shouldn't be. So vape parts and accessories was an example of one. We've also seen sometimes simple pluralizations, separated into two clusters so we had one the other day it was skate wheel and skate wheels and they were in two very different clusters the client actually thought the tool was just not being accurate and we were like well no you know search for skate wheel and search for skate wheels because our tool is literally looking at the results and if if you there'll be in two you'll see two very different sets of results there so if you want to target both you know you need to need to split it out into both um
0: yeah so so from what i understand it literally looks at the results in Google and literally looks at that SERP and gets an idea of whether it's a product page or whether it's an article, right? That's how it's kind of getting literally from that SERP data. So that,
1: that's the other thing it does. So the first thing it does is tells you which keywords can be targeted on the page. Like It clusters them together. Which group of keywords can we target on one page? And so does it need to be, can I target vape parts and vape accessories on the same page or do I need two pages? The other thing it does is overlays, as you've said, it's the search intent. So then it tells you, OK, of these pages, does it need to be a product page or does it need to be informational um, or is it fragmented? It also shows you that shows you that i of a bit of a lisp. Then. Um, so it will analyze the top 10 results and say for CBD oil, four of the top 10 are product based and six of the top 10 are um, informational. So therefore it's pretty fragmented. You could rank twice. You could rank an informational and a product page, but generally speaking, it's leaning more towards the informational. So it's first job is clustering, pushing all the keywords, grouping keywords together that can be targeted on one page and showing you where you need to split pages out or not. The second task it does is search intent. So it'll tell you for that cluster of keywords, what type of content you should be creating, should it be product, should it be informational or actually should it be, you know, can you do both? and then the other task it does or we allow you to do is it lets you pull through your existing ranking URLs as well so what you can do there is you can start filtering by uh keywords that you know you you don't because it spits out a re a pre pivoted pay- pivot table so you can whack on a filter and search for any cluster which you rank in average position 100 for and then all of and which have an average of more informational ideas and product based ideas and then all of a sudden what you've got is a really solid content calendar cuz you've got Thirty or forty clusters of keywords that you don't rank for, that are definitely informational and intent. So you can really quickly spot, you know, these ideas. Or you could do the opposite. You could go, uh, show me the product pages that I should have that I don't. And so you put a filter on on your pivot table to show all the clusters that are product based, and that you're ranking in positions eleven to twenty-four. And then what you've got is you've got these clusters, which when you when you unroll, when you unexpand them in the spreadsheet, you start to see. You know three or four ranking URLs for one cluster, and if you remember what I said earlier, a cluster is it's it's you should target these on one page. so if you're seeing three or four ranking URLs come through in a cluster, you know that you're probably cannibalizing yourself and you should group those pages together or as we saw the vape accessory and vape parts, you might see two different clusters and you'll see a load of ranking URLs on one cluster and no ranking URLs on the other cluster, and you know ah, I shouldn't be targeting vape parts and accessories on one page, I should be breaking them into two. So that's essentially what Keyword Insights does. So I, I guess to summarize all that, it clusters keywords, shows you what pages you need to create, but it also pulls through the intent to tell you what type of content it needs to be and the ranking just so that you can see whether that content exists, what is, what is ranking, whether you are cannibalizing yourself or whether you're missing that content altogether. There are increasingly more features. We've just added title AI as well. So we actually analyze your clusters and then start suggesting blog titles for you using GPT-3 from OpenAI. Uh, We've also got keyword discovery, which allows you to just push, put in a a key, one keyword in there. We'll come up with loads of keywords for you, and then you can push that to the clustering so that you don't actually have to leave our our platform to do your keyword research. And there's a lot more features coming, which I can't talk too much about, but (laughs) designed basically to make that whole process of content development so much easier.
0: Amazing. So what is the process for that clustering specifically then? What goes into the, the AI and the algorithm that actually give, builds those clusters for specific keywords? What made skate wheel and skate wheels end up in different clusters from like the, the technology behind it?
1: Yeah, so the, the clustering is simple. Uh, the clustering is literally we analyze the search results and if there's an overlap in URLs between X amount of keywords, we'll cluster them together. So there are free versions of our tool. And we get asked this a lot there are free versions of our tool that use nlp to cluster um natural language processing the problem with those tools are it groups them together based on the algorithms linguistic understandings of the words so it will group words together that do mean the same thing fundamentally to you and i but ultimately we're playing in google's universe and so we want to optimize what google's doing so we don't use nlp to do the clustering we scrape the results and, and show you that these keywords should be together or not based on what Google's doing. So there are three versions out there and it's, they're, they're decent for making, you know, your keyword smaller, but they're not accurate. In that example I gave you with vape parts and accessories, I'm 99% sure they would have been in the same cluster. Same with skateboard wheel and skateboard wheels. That would have been clustered the same had you used an NLP version. Right. Yeah. So we don't use NLP to do the clustering. We, we use live SERP data. Uh, and we adjust the how hard it is we look at depending on what that niche is. So do they have four URLs in common? Do they have six URLs in common? So that part of it's quite simple. We do use machine learning for the intent. That's where we yeah, we've got a secret there about how we do it because <laughs> some enterprise tools are not naming any names have tried to copy copy it. And in fact, yeah, they've they released it a few Few weeks ago or well, months ago, I think you don't want you don't to
0: start an internet war. Send out some sub tweets, Elon Musk style. Uh, I did, I
1: did, I did, I did send one, and they they liked it. So they <laughs> tweeted about the new intent. They tweeted the new intent model out, and I put a silver medal number two under it, like <laughs> Elon Musk did when. And uh, they did like it. I think they laughed, but yeah. So they're trying to see how we're doing it because it's not quite the same. I'm stopping short of saying it's not as accurate because it's different, but it's <laughs> it doesn't. This is different. So we do use machine learning for the for the intent or context, as we call it. We call it keyword context rather than keyword intent, and we do use NLP. There's another part of the the report we give out called the hub and spoke report. It's it's all part of the clustering, but what we do in it, it's in a, it comes in another tab in the spreadsheet. So if you've got a list of a hundred thousand keywords, clustering them into your your hundred thousand cl- keywords when clustered might cluster into maybe. Twenty thousand clusters, so it's a lot more manageable. But then, actually, you want to know how your clusters are interrelated, right? So we do use NLP to then spit out another tab, which is we we use uh, yeah NLP to basically tell you how the clusters, how closely the clusters are related to each other, so that you can start planning your your hubs and spokes in your in your content plan. You can start working out how all your your clusters should be linked together. So we do use NLP there, but not at the actual clustering stage.
0: As I mentioned at the start of the show, we're going to be talking about Sector Watch from citrus's blog this week, and we're diving into the latest article on Sector Watch, written as always by the fantastic Charlie Williams. It is all about sustainable travel, and I've recently gotten married, so I'm looking into my honeymoon options at the moment with my wife, and sustainable travel is something we've been thinking about, so it's an interesting topic to dive into because it's become such a key thing, especially with people wanting to travel now, kind of things are opening up post pandemic and all that kind of stuff. I think it is something that is very much in the forefront of a lot of travelers minds when thinking about traveling abroad or even traveling domestically as well. So this article in Sector Watch kind of discusses some of the leading brands and domains about sustainable travel and around those kind of topics using keywords such as sustainable holidays, sustainable tourism, and kind of a lot of associated stuff around that. What Charlie does here is really great because it really dives into some of the domains that are ranking for those kind of things, why they're ranking, why they've seen such growth in recent months. And particularly good, I think uh, Charlie highlights a piece of content from the New York Times, which I really, really like, which is titled Be a More Sustainable Traveller. It's a full travel guide that ranks for 143 keywords here in the UK with over a quarter of those ranking on page one and more than half of them ranking on page two and it essentially has steadily grown with its visibility index since it was published about a year ago in the summer of 2021 this article in particular is really well written it satisfies a lot of the sort of classic formatting structure you like to see in this kind of guide it's broken down into really fantastic sections with clear headings it's fantastically structured And it also conveys a lot of expertise and authoritativeness as well because the journalist who wrote it, Livia Albeck-Ripka, writes on a lot of these issues. She's typically uh, focusing on a lot of topics like environmental issues and things like that. So she is someone who has demonstrated expertise, again, something we always talk about with EAT and SEO. And... Just looking at the headings on the page, they really lay out everything really nicely and it's a fantastic example of a guide article that can really pull its weight and do some fantastic things in the rankings. Having a look at more kind of travel keywords, there is one particular domain, funnily enough, called Responsible Travel, which kind of makes sense with the sustainable, responsible kind of thing. And it's doing well particularly because it matches its brand so closely. After that, you're looking in sort of, you know, The top 25 or so. There's a lot of publishers in there, like the article I just mentioned from New York Times. There's a lot of kind of major travel brands that I kind of would expect to see in there that are kind of being left out a little bit, which I found interesting. So there's there's a fair amount of the specialist bloggers in there and the kind of things where we we see more general travel agents uh, kind of being left behind and (laughs) being left uh, further down in the rankings there. Talking of the top three domains in general, I think this kind of says it all straight away with the clear branding here for these domains. You've got responsibletravel.com, you have sustainabletravel.org, and of course, theguardian.com. Guardian is uh, targeted, pretty, pretty clearly knows its audience and targets them well, so that makes a lot of sense for the Guardian's audience for looking into sustainable travel and holidays and things like that. Charlie also delves into the intent of these searches, so this is very much clearly a inf- an informational driven, so a no search intent, K-N-O-W, obviously, so people are learning more about it rather than looking to actually purchase a sustainable holiday package, people are looking to, kind of in the research stages, they're kind of in the earlier stages here, so they're they're in that kind of information gathering and knowledge gathering kind of stage here for search intent, rather than going straight to the booking stage. They're not a doing, this is not a purchasing stage. The vast majority of the searches around sustainable travel and those kind of associated keywords seem to be from information gathering from the no intent I just mentioned. So that means then these people are then moving on to the next stages. You'll start looking at locations and stuff. Like I said, I've just been, (laughs) been doing this with my wife. We've just been talking about where we're gonna travel to on our honeymoon, which is hopefully happening next year. And I think it's interesting because holidays are such a big investment in time and money, right? That, that makes sense that you would have this prolonged research stage of the buying process of the customer journey because you're investing so much time, you're investing so much money, they're often booked way in advance as well. Like I said, we're already looking at September 2023 for our honeymoon and we've just gotten married in May 2022. So I think having, having that intent ahead of time really makes sense and and kind of drives home the clear intent if you are looking to target something like this for your clients or for your website in particular is a very clear no intent across the board for this stage for looking at keywords like sustainable travel and sustainable tourism and all that kind of stuff as i said things are now opening up and people are going to be traveling and sustainability and traveling responsibly are becoming more and more important to lots of people traveling now so I highly recommend you go and check out the latest episode of Sector Watch. Like I said, I'll put links for that in the show notes at search.withcanada.co.uk or you can go to sistrixcom slash blog and it'll be the Sector Watch that was published on the 12th of May 2022. So let's dive into a little bit of the hub and spoke side of things i know you wrote a brilliant blog post recently delving into that in more detail kind of doing a bit of a case study there yourself on your own site as well as always listeners links for that are in the show notes at search.withcanada.co.uk so yeah is there kind of the is there any sort of golden rules for, for hub and spoke i think you're more of a spoke before the hub kind of guy am i right in thinking that is that would be your your general kind of advice
1: Yeah. So I think the reason hub and spoke works well isn't because it's a hub and spoke. It's because it's a method that ensures that you've comprehensively covered a topic. So it's not just by just being a hub and spoke model doesn't that's not why it's good for SEO. It's because (laughs) if you're planning, but I, I think that's what a lot of people think, though. Oh, this is why. But it's because it's because when you plan it in that sort of way, you comprehensively cover a topic. And you ensure that the internal linking between them is good from the start.
0: I guess it's going into it with a plan rather than just kind of writing a bunch of stuff and then yeah. trying to bring it all together at the end and being like, oh, it should have been a Hub and Spoke from, the, it should have been a content hub originally. And <laughs> it's now, you know, paginated blog posts over the last five years or whatever it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you'd be surprised at how many people would get in our chat going, oh, I'm really stuck. Your report spits out this Hub and Spoke, which one should be the hub? And you, there shouldn't be a which one's the hub. It's just like there's, so, yeah, how my approach to it is, as we said, we spit out all these different clusters, and there'll be a load of clusters related to let's say repairing furniture. and those clusters might be how to repair furniture, how to wax furniture, how to get stains out of furniture, and they'll all be in different clusters according to our tool because we've you know, analyzed the results. So we've got five or six clusters, and when I say cluster, I literally mean it's it's a topic, right? and it, a dedicated blog should be on that cluster. So we've got six or seven clusters on repairing furniture making doing up furniture you know making it better repurposing secondhand furniture and these are all loosely related to each other and that's where i said earlier that we use nlp to show you you know group the clusters together the the other thing about creating the hub and spoke model if you go in with that mindset it allows you to cover a topic comprehensively uh, which is even more important now that you're seeing all these indents come into Google. Uh, it used to be six months ago up to one indent. I think I've seen three or four in some cases now.
0: Yeah, we're seeing a lot more recently, aren't we, for sure.
1: Yeah, and it. And if you look at them, they're always, of course they are, they're just similar, they're like slight variations of the original query. So if you type in, um, I don't know, buy gold watch, how to buy a gold watch, uh, the top article might be what I would normally call, the hub page. So it might be the ultimate guide to buying gold watches. Don't use the ultimate guide. <laughs> but it might be the ultimate guide to buying gold watches. And then you might see two or three, uh, sorry, watches. And then you might see two or three indented ones under that, how to buy gold watches, how to buy silver watches, how to buy bronze watches. So and our tool would show you, you know, you, these should be three or four different topics. Uh, and so yeah, it's it's really useful for understanding Actually, yeah, I'm not going to write just one massive guide that tries to cover all this. I am going to break these into these smaller articles because I know that's what can be targeted, uh, and then I can even potentially win these little indents as well, which pushes everyone down and gives you even more, even more real estate there.
0: And we've seen a lot of that with uh, even like tabbed meta descriptions recently and things like that. Do you think that's something? i don't necessarily Google's becoming less strict on cannibalism. That's maybe not the right word, but like they seem to be. Offering a lot more, like you said, similar intended kind of things on on the SERP at one time from one site. I think it's a it's an interesting direction they seem to be going in.
1: I, ge- I genuinely find it more useful though because if you look at it, if they kept it to ten differing results, so a user journey is not uh, we all know it's not um, linear, is it? So we call it cherry picking. So you might start by say you want a car. You might search by you might start your search with I want to buy a car. And then, as you're reading the articles on how to buy a car, you might suddenly start realizing that electric cars are the way forward they're better for the planet, so then your search changes how best electric car and then you're scrolling through and then you might never have thought about it, but you're now suddenly realizing they take a while to charge so your your search is now gonna to change to best electric and it you know it's, it jumps around everywhere right. uh if you're trying to if Google's trying to show ten differing results. They might all be trying to answer the same question by doing this little indent thing. It's and you'll often see it. It's it's trying to satisfy a slightly different intent related to the first original query, so it's almost preempting that cherry picking thing before it happens. It's the same with the people also ask things. I guess uh, it's just more useful because it's indenting right under the original question. So it is interesting. It sucks if you don't have it because it's pushing everyone else down but I I genuinely find it useful. Like I came across the other day and I, I did a query and as I was scanning, I didn't even click on the headline one. It's the indented one actually answered what I was going to ask next first anyway.
0: Yeah. Do you think that's Google kind of reacting to more people using this kind of hub and spoke method where you, like you said, you have the, the top level thing might be the main thing that actually ranks, but something that answers the query more specifically might actually be one of those indented things, which essentially is that. The spoke coming off of that hub page, which might be the the primary URL in this app. There, do you think that's a it's an active reaction to that, or or like, I don't know, is it chicken it's chicken, chicken and egg, and egg isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: chicken and egg. I've, I've got no idea. <laughs> it's, it's chicken and egg, and I have no idea. And sometimes the indent is just satisfying the in different intent. Like one is a an, a guide, and one is a buying page. So that's the other way it's working well. Like you again, you see, and you see this a lot with fragmented queries. In our tool, we show you the fragmented ones. We'll say like, this is really fragmented and you'll see a lot more with them. So CBD oil is a great example. Um, If you type CBD oil in, I think six or five or six are informational and five or six are transactional. And the top result is a big informational one. Is it safe? What are the drawbacks? What are the benefits? And then indented into that, it's like, buy it. It's really good. I think so anyway, I, I, I find it really useful
0: yeah definitely like i said i've I've seen some interesting stuff and when we're covering like people noticing new features when we do our kind of usual news shows rather than the interview episodes it's really interesting seeing what all these things that are being tested by google and even stuff being tested by bing as well seeing like more indented stuff weird stuff on the meta descriptions i don't know mark was talking about it when we talked about the tab meta descriptions a few weeks ago like You'd kind of written off meta description so much because they get rewritten so much and all this kind of stuff like yeah is it worth actually putting all your SEO effort into a meta description when you could be doing something more useful but yeah, they, they seem to be making them more valuable and, and making them more versatile which I think is interesting and maybe things will swing back around and more people will then again like you said <laughs> the cart leading the horse or the horse leading the cart the chicken and the egg are we chasing what Google's doing? Are they reacting to what we're doing as SEOs? It's an interesting kind of, I don't know, snaking its own. I'm using a lot of metaphors, eating its own <laughs> touch. <town.
1: laughs> yeah. So my 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 partner's uh, well, she's originally from Vietnam, but she's um, lived in she's grown up in London, and I use all these sayings, and she doesn't have a clue. So I've had <laughs> to buy a, a book a book on idioms. Like, nice. So it's not,
0: I used I used to work in the English language industry, and that was always one of the books that was most rec- like requested by our students. Like, where can I get a book of English idioms? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 there's some brilliant ones where they go through translations. Like, you hear a, a German or a Vietnamese, as an example, like a language that has its own idioms, but they do not translate into English. Like, oh, yeah, that doesn't make good. any sense at all.
1: <laughs> but she's grown up in London, isn't she? She was born here. Um, it's just her parents go, <laughs> but. Because she was, because she brought up by her parents who were, mm. uh, who are Vietnamese. It's just, like you? Yeah, chicken and egg. You go. What? What do you mean, chicken and egg? And I was like, how do you not know what that means? <laughs> it's really funny.
0: So let's get back. Sorry, I went off topic. No, no, please. I'm always happy to go off topic on this show, as much as cool. uh, I'm sure the listeners would like to, to talk about Kiwet insights <laughs> a bit more. I know you guys have talked about the kind of pretty huge. You mentioned like. A few tens of thousands of keywords there turning into tens of thousands and even thousands of clusters how far can you push keyword insights What about phrase is is there a limit i know we have sort of limits on our uh google sheets and stuff like that when you're hitting a million rows and stuff like that how far can you put for the for the bigger agencies for the listeners out there who are really dealing with some big big sites and some big numbers
1: yeah so um a slight correction i think uh maybe uh, you just said it wrong it's like hundreds of thousands of keywords ends up being just thousands of clusters sorry yes yes thousands of, yeah yeah because it makes it smaller obviously but um yeah no there's a uh, it's what actually so there are competitors of ours out there um there are other really good alternatives but one of the well one of the usps we have is We've done a lot of work on our back end. It's the stuff that people don't see that actually stands out amongst competitors. So (laughs) it's also really boring to sell. But Isn't that always the case? It is. And so we were frustrated. The reason we created our one, and, and like I said, there are competitors out there. The reason we created another version of our competitors one is firstly, no one had the intent with it, which we found useful for working out actually what content we wanted. But second of all, it's the scaling. So yeah, we deliver the reports back to you a lot quicker than anyone else can. I think we did a test with 25,000 keywords and our next nearest competitor did it in, I think it was 16 hours and we did it in like two or three hours. Wow. So yeah, the speed is what we've done a lot of work on. Uh, And the second part is the fact that we don't have a limit you can upload. So I hate Excel
0: so do i so do i yeah
1: i can't stand it especially the pivot tables in it are terrible so there isn't a limit you can upload to keyword insights but depending on how many you put through and i think from me just just spitballing it might be about twenty five thousand keywords i think any more than that the google sheets report won't work because google sheets doesn't have that many rows but we still give you the um the csv the excel sheet it just means then you have to work with it in excel we are working on a solution to that because the amount of people who also hate Excel, uh, we're building like a, <laughs> like a basic version of Google Sheets within the tool itself. Oh wow! Yeah, it just I I can't stand it, but yeah. So to answer your question, there is no limit. I think I, the most I've put in is 150,000, um, mm. and I've got the report within within 24 hours, which is really good. Uh, and I just might have to work in Excel. The other way we're maybe going to look at it is. We'll analyze the clusters for you. And when we know it's not going to break across a cluster, we'll maybe separate it into two or three sheets, just being careful not to break it across where a cluster would be. Yeah, yeah. So that's our potential other solution. But yeah, no, to answer your question, there's no limit. Uh, it's just the Google Sheets will break after a certain amount. <laughs> as
0: long as you don't <laughs> mind breaking Google Sheets, you can do it. No. You.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you'll set up your Excel.
0: Exactly, exactly. I know you guys do offer an API for the agency-level subscriptions as well. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? How, What kind of things that can plug into and how, what kind of the, the main uses you've seen from people using the API?
1: Yeah, so it's it's not public-facing yet, and there's just still a bit more work to do on it, but there are a few people using it, um, mostly in-house companies already, actually, who already have a keyword, proce- a keyword research process. Uh, they plug in their keywords into their tools, and they basically just want it to be clustered within their own tools. So it basically we'll just do the clustering and the intent uh for you within whatever process you already have. We're actually talking about somehow integrating it with with obviously Mark's tool uh so that you can pull in all the people also ask questions and then have oh, them cool. clustered in one yeah. place. Uh we also are in talks with and I can't name any names, but a few content writing tools and content writing agencies which can use the API to start yeah doing some clever things there. But yeah, essentially, or whatever application you've got, it'll allow you to do the clustering and the intent classification within that application.
0: Cool. So you touched on title AI earlier as well. Is that That's one of the new features for version 2, which you launched recently. Congratulations, yes. by the way, for the, no, thank for the you recent very much. launch. What else came along with, with version 2? We dive into title AI and a few of the other new updates and features.
1: Yeah, so there's keyword discovery, which is a new feature uh, that's in beta, uh, just means so you can start your keyword research in the platform and not have to use a third-party tool.
0: I I, I like the way you kind of gloss over that. That's huge, by the way. And especially keeping your, you from a business perspective, keeping your users in your kind of platform all in one place kind of thing, but also from a user perspective, not having to get something from Ahrefs or SEMrush or whatever it is, and then having to work out their formats and plug that into yours and and all that kind of stuff. That's huge. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's so people use the Keyword Insights in two ways. They either upload like a massive list of loads of different keywords, um, like from a whole site into it mm. to separate them. You wouldn't be able to use Keyword Discovery for that because what Keyword Discovery does is you just plug in one keyword and we'll pull off all the other ideas. So some people, so how I sometimes use Keyword Insights is I plug a domain into HS or Semrush, pull all the keywords they rank for, plug that into Keyword Insights, and then have all the different things yeah but the other way people use it is if you just want to zone in on a specific topic and this is what keyword discovery the 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 keyword part in keyword insights is good for say if i just wanted to cover tesla uh in as much detail as possible i just plug tesla into keyword discovery which is a feature within keyword insights rip off all the 500 keywords then press a button to have them all clustered uh, and have that report and then start planning it from there so it is good if you want to zone in on a specific topic it's not useful yet, which is why it's in beta. If you want to, you know, do your keyword research for the whole, for the whole site. Um, so there's that, and then there's title AI, which uses it analyzes your clusters and uses OpenAI to come up with well, your your blog titles. It gives you, I think, up to four blog titles. Um, hopefully, it's going to go further, which is what actually is in process now. <laughs> uh, and you'll start... we've talked
0: about the power of GPT three and OpenAI a few times on the show already. It is... It, it never ceases to impress me. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it's incredible. And we're tweaking it in a way where hopefully it can start helping you with just more than the titles of the blogs. Um, I can't say any more than that at the moment. But mm. yes, yeah, hopefully be released. There's, a, there's a little tease
0: two. for you, listeners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we're really excited about that. Uh, what are the new features? Dumb ones, you know, Jack. So a lot around our first one, first of all, looked ugly. The new one looks better. So there's that. <laughs>
0: Again, the UX designs that people coming in now don't appreciate the the growth that it's been through. All the kind of stuff that if it isn't there, you you don't know it's not there, and once it's there, you don't notice it is there. That things that go underappreciated, right?
1: Oh no! So loads of stuff like <laughs> customers not being able to change their password, print off invoices, oh, update yep. their password, add use oh user seats is our latest <laughs> one. Um, we had a lot of agencies ask them to add other email addresses. So we just released Mm. that so other than the few new few new features it was mainly a design and we realized there was a lot of things lacking in terms of being able to like simple things i honestly and i'm having this conversation with mark recently anyone who thinks they've got an internal tool which works really well that they can make into a SaaS tool that if they think it's easy to do it's just not i mean
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I see the see the conversations happening between Mark and our development. It's who, mad we're working on it, and it's absolutely crazy seeing all the simple stuff of like, yeah, this payment thing doesn't work. Like, what do you mean the payment thing doesn't work? Like, yeah, the whole system just doesn't work. Well, but, oh, okay. Good like that, you said, little invoicing things and stuff like that. It's it's crazy.
1: I mean, if it didn't work, I'd have been happy. It's the fact we hadn't even thought about some of them. Like,
0: <laughs> dumb
1: <laughs> things in version one. Like the amount of customers going, "How do I change my credit card details?" Are like, oh, ah, yeah, here we haven't got that. How do I change my password? I just log in with a Google. I oh, we don't have a Google account. I've logged in for a password. It's like, yeah, you can't do that. And like, just dumb things <laughs> that we just never thought about.
0: But they're there now.
1: <laughs> my, mostly, <laughs> the the credit card change one is still. We still need to roll that one out. You can put it in a credit card, but then you have to unsubscribe and resubscribe, which is just isn't good. But that that will be coming out next week. But oh, so the the problem was on V one, the way it was built. Uh, and this is boring for everyone, I guess, but the way it was built is if we needed to change something like adding credit card details or something, uh, it was a lot of work. Whereas now the way it's been built is very modular. So any changes we need, any new features customers come to us with, we can spin up really quickly. So it's V2 also, again, the boring stuff no one sees, was built in a way where we can make changes a lot quicker than we could before.
0: How about rank tracking? We'll talk about a bit about rank tracking and the, one of the features there we haven't really touched on so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, we only add it there. It's It's been used for two ways. So the first way is just to add additional insights to your insights. So it's like...
0: Insights <laughs> on insights on insights. Yeah, on insights. yeah it sounds ridiculous.
1: It's so that, as I said earlier, <laughs> when you pull a report off, you can really quickly see what clusters are or are not ranking and the ranking URLs for those clusters. So it allows you to see if you're cannibalizing yourself really quickly or it allows you to see if there's a whole cluster you just don't rank for at all. So it's, it's really there just to just so you don't have to V look up your rankings of the keywords into the report already.
0: The dreaded V lookup. Oh course. yeah.
1: It's there to basically allow you to scan that really easily. Um, the other way it's sometimes used, not many people use it, but a lot of agencies when they're, when they're pitching, uh, I came from an agency myself before really just want, if they're pitching to a client, they want the ranks pulled really quickly uh, and they just want it one off. So as they're pitching, they can say, here's the opportunity. So we're seeing a few agencies just use the rank just to so they don't have to load it all into a keyword because it's it's not a it's not a rank tracker and it's not designed to be so there's no setting up you just plug your URL in and stick the stick the keywords in and up you know click go it's designed literally to aid your reports in terms of the clustering but yeah a lot of people are using it just really quickly and cheaply spin off uh, get the rankings for a load of keywords if they're doing a pitch
0: so Andy if people do want to check out Keyword Insights do want to check out snippet digital consulting or yourself directly how can they do that how can they find you on the internet in various places
1: so you can find me andy chadwick uh on my personal blog which is andy-chadwick.com or you can find me on twitter which is at digital quokka. if you don't know what a quacker is it's a weird australian animal but i shouldn't have ever chosen that name because <laughs> no one ever finds it <laughs> so that's q-u-o-k-k-a uh, but you can also find if you search for keyword insights. I mean, visit the site anyway. But on Twitter, you'll find uh, Saganthan, my business partner, and I constantly retweeting that. Obviously, it's called our uh, self-ingratiating, uh, self-tweeting our own tweets. But
0: if that's not what Twitter's for, then <laughs> I don't know what it is.
1: Exactly. For. <laughs> so yeah, no keyword insights on Twitter. Andy Chadwick, uh, Digital quocker on Twitter, or my business partner is Saganthan. If you find that hard to spell if you just type to type it in, it will come up, I imagine. But yeah, he's, his Twitter handle is pretty obvious and you'll see his, his website as well. Uh, we also have two new websites, so it's going to be Snippet Consulting, which isn't live yet, and Snippet Digital, which is going to be the gateway to see all our tools and what we're doing because uh, we actually are going to start building one of the, the services we offer is building SEO tools for other businesses who have unique fringe cases. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we have done one or two little projects in the past, um, which, yeah, we've we've built them tools to deal with them. So one company, for example, wanted like thousands of thousands of product SKUs built, all re- well, reworded because they sell their products across loads of websites. So we built them a little tool where they can upload a CSV with product descriptions that'll be rewritten in 10 different ways. Uh, so th- we build little tools like that. So that'll be Snippet Digital. <laughs> so yeah, uh, find us on Twitter on on our websites on linkedin that'd be amazing
0: fantastic well thank you so much for joining me thank you for giving me some more details about keyword insights and what you guys do over there and this is, like i said links for everything Andy has just mentioned and everything we've talked about in the last half hour or so will be in the show notes if you go to search.withcanda.co.uk you can find the full transcript the full show notes and all the links there for you And that's all we have time for on this episode. Thank you so much once again to Andy for joining me this week and thank you very much for listening. I'll be back next week probably with Mark again to discuss the latest SEO and PPC news. But until then, I hope you have a lovely week.